Welcome to Data Driven Recruiting. In this podcast, we talk about strategies and techniques for leveraging objective talent data to improve hiring processes. Welcome back to Data Driven Recruiting. I'm your host, Sophia, and our guest today is Justin Skoll, Senior Technical Recruiter at iBotter. Perfect. Okay, Justin, welcome, welcome to the show. Uh, for our audience who, who doesn't know you well um, yet, could you do a quick intro about yourself and your company? Yeah, yeah. So, um, you know, thank you, for, thank you for having me join. Uh, you know, I'm really excited to, to be a part of this. And um, yeah, a little bit about you know myself. I'm a, a senior technical recruiter at a company uh, based here in Denver called Ibotta. Been here for a little over two years now. And uh, you know what what Ibotta does, at, at least at a at a high level, there's there, it's a lot more complicated than it looks. Um, you know, but we we give cash back on on everyday purchases. So uh, our original product and still kind of like our core offering uh, is an application where you can go in um, and select, you know, whatever you're buying today at the grocery store, uh, you know, milk, uh, cookies, you know, what have you. And yeah, you select your items and you upload a picture of your receipt and then you get literal cash back, uh, you know, so 25 cents back on Oreos or, you know, uh, several dollars back on, uh, you know, this brand of beer or, or whatnot. And once you hit like 20 bucks, then uh, you can cash that out to like PayPal, uh, your bank account, you know, use it as, uh, you know, vacation money, uh, as real actual yeah. tangible money. I, I haven't used it, but I heard about it. And it's a fascinating idea because, I mean, it's uh, really putting the power back on the consumer's hands and mm -hmm. they can, you know, claim cash back for their purchases, right? So that's, mm -hmm. that's really fascinating. I mean, but in the background to make that work, yeah, to actually being able to get that, there is a lot I'm I bet going. So, what are the kind of a large teams that you have? Because I mean, you have to manage the merchant, like consumer side, the product side, and all that. So, like, I guess, uh, what are some of the key teams there, and which team do you focus on for mm -hmm. recruiting? Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, high level from an uh, you know entire organizational standpoint, you know, our business is very. It's, I mean, it's, it's dual natured, right? We have our B2C offering and then we have our B2B offering and they're very cyclical and, and self-fulfilling. You can't have one without the other. And so the brands pay for, you know, Coca-Cola or, uh, you know, Johnson Johnson or whatever will pay for, uh, you know, the offers that we have. Um, and, and then they'll, we'll, we'll provide like insights and kind of stories around our audience for them to make sure that they're accessing the same level of people, right. That they want to be. Mm -hmm. um, you know, an example I like to use is like if Coca-Cola puts out 50,000 coupons in the newspaper, they're like, cool, well, there's 50,000 coupons, but with us, it's 50,000 redemptions. And then, you know, they can be like, oh, Hey, well, like, you know, this segment of people always buy our product regardless. And then this segment of people never buy our product. And, you know, there's a lot more slicing and dicing of, of, uh, the, the data that we can do. Exactly. Um, so yeah. yeah, so it's super cool. And, so it's super, super and as cool. The title of the you know podcast suggests I love it. <laughs> it's yeah. amazing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So it's super yeah. cool. And then so I mean you know on the business side you know we have uh, kind of some pretty standard kind of uh, you know teams uh, you know marketing sales customer relations and account coordinators or, or account management things like mm -hmm. that. Uh, on the tech side we actually kind of have it. it you know, it's split out into three different groups. Uh, as an organization, we're about 680 employees now full-time. Um, and we do have a part-time force, force for like um, customer service and things like that. 
Mm-hmm. Um, but tech takes up just a little over half of that. Uh, wow. And there's kind of the three main components. There's going to be engineering. Uh, there is going to be product. And then there's a team that we actually hear internally called ADSI, which is they're, they're technical roles, but they don't roll up neatly under product uh, or like product management or, or engineering. So it stands for architecture, uh, data science, and information security. And so all of engineering, uh, you know, I mean, that's, I mean, that's, we have a very large engineering organization. I think that they're probably at about 200 people um, kind of across the board. Uh, that includes everybody from data engineering to uh, machine learning, uh, you know, mobile, backend platform, you know, what have you. Um, you know, product is also a fairly large organization to support them. You know, I think that we're pushing about 40 people uh, across a couple different teams uh, that are just pure product managers and product designers. Uh, and then um, ADC is, it's the rest of everybody else. I don't know. Uh, ADC, I want to say is probably, I mean, you know, our data science organization and our analytics team is probably about 40 or so. Architecture is, you know, they're a little bit smaller, maybe 10 to 12. Mm-hmm. Uh, information security as it sits, I think is, you know, uh, really growing now. They they just moved up from IT. So uh, they are probably yeah, at about 10 or so uh, currently. So, I mean, that's kind of like the, the state of, uh, you know, our organizations and, and kind of what our, our tech team really looks like. And my role here. Uh, it's interesting because, uh, you know, I actually started solely focused on data, uh, mm-hmm. you know, so, uh, you know, decision science, uh, we have here internally data science, uh, data engineering and, you know, machine learning and, and the like. And over the years, my, my scope has, has grown to where I have, you know, worked with literally and everybody uh, across tech at, at all different levels. Uh, you know, right now, uh, you know, my focus is on product management. Uh, you know, we have some really cool new initiatives uh, that we are building out from scratch. So I am, you know, hiring, uh, you know, VPs and, and leadership into into that organization right now. So yeah, there's some some cool things that yeah. we've got going on. And I mean, so if the half of the organization is the you know technical roles your job is pretty you know large i guess so how many people are focusing on technical recruiting and yeah how do you, how is the team structure could to support that kind of a growth for the entire world? yeah 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 so uh you know i think that our technical recruiting team uh, you know as it sits today is roughly 10 ish. I mean, that may be a little bit high. So we have, we have a coordinator to support all of our scheduling across the board. Engineering is very, very high volume. Uh, so we actually do have a technical recruiting manager and a, uh, technical recruiter, uh, that are solely focused on, uh, engineering. Um, and then we do have another, uh, you know, recruiter that, you know, I collaborate with and work with on, uh, you know, decision science and a lot of the data roles. And then we actually do have two sourcers as well. And they kind of bounce wherever our needs are. Uh, you know, I, like I work with them very closely because like I said, I'm hiring for senior VPs and, and VPs, but uh, even in engineering, they're hiring for staff, principal level, some very high level uh, individual contributors as well. So they kind of float around a little bit. Uh-huh. And then we are hiring one additional, we have one opening on our team right now. Uh, looking to bring in somebody new. And then all of that rolls up to to my boss. Her name is Kayla. 
and she's she just got a new title that I cannot remember. I want to say she's like a you know I think director senior director of uh, technical recruiting and kind of like our like national brand strategy as well. So that's kind of the the structure. Um, and that's kind of what all that looks like. So we're talking about thousands and thousands of a candidate going through this process at your mm-hmm. company. Kind of coming back to like how, yeah, what does the your recruiting funnel look like and how, what is the interview process like to make sure that you are doing proper? Because that's always the mm-hmm. kind of a hard balance to strike, right? You want to do really solid interview process to make sure that the people you are, you know, hiring, the decision making, the hiring decision making Mm -hmm. is sound, but at the same time, you have to do a large volume of candidates and also in this Mm -hmm. very hot market for technical roles, right? Yes. It it could create more friction and people will drop off during the process, Mm -hmm. right? Because for example, they are talking to other company and they are going faster or or whatever yeah. the reason is. So yeah. uh, what's the current process like and how do you ensure that you are competitive, but at the same time, having a solid process to ensure you're, you're making the right decisions? Yeah, like many organizations, mm-hmm. COVID has kind of really changed a lot of the landscape. Prior to COVID and everything, uh, you know, we used take-home assessments, recruiter, manager, take-home team, and then that was the interview process, mm-hmm. um, which is fairly straightforward. It, however, a lot of that happened in person. Um, you know, particularly, I'm going to kind of talk through the engineering piece because this is where we really felt that there was a need to change, mm-hmm. um, and that is that there was like just you know white there there was a take home, but then there's also whiteboarding components and a lot of kind of that team collaboration in person that you can do because of COVID. And, um, and, and so there was, you know, the, okay, well, we need to create a interview process that is more remote friendly um, Mm -hmm. and virtual friendly. And then in addition to that, yeah, I mean, with the hot market, we wanted to get something that took a lot of the burden off of our candidates. Uh, I remember I, you know, last year, right, like about this time last year, right before we started really making these changes, I talked to a candidate and he said that he spent like 40 hours or something absolutely unreal on our take-home project. You know, uh, you know, take-home projects, there's just like such a, a, a pressure to perform, right? You want to make sure that you submit it and it's like your best work. And, you know, uh, we, we do not require by any means 40 hours, you know, it's more like 39. Uh, but no, we, we definitely really, uh, wanted to kind of relieve our candidates of having to pour that much effort into, uh, you know, our, our process. And so what we landed on is a technical pairing. And so what that really, I mean, it it still follows a similar process. However, with this new process, we can get a candidate from application to offer within a week. Uh, if we really able to move quickly. Um, Mm -hmm. So, I mean, it's still very standard with a, you know, an initial recruiter screen uh, and then a hiring manager conversation. However, the technical piece, uh, the the technical pairing is following session and it is uh, a 90 minute session um, that's going to be kind of split into two halves. Uh, The first half is really just around code comprehension. Uh, You know, I mean, with an engineer, you know, as much as you're going to be, you know, creating, you know, new code and, and everything, you're also going to be working out of repos. You're going to be, you know, working out of code and, and stuff that other people have written, right? And so that is kind of the evaluation of 
like, okay, how well can you work in an environment like that? You know, kind of, yeah, very much like, what is this code doing? You know, how would you improve it? Things like that, right? Uh, and then the second half is actually doing a, you know, a live whiteboarding with the interviewers. Mm-hmm. Um, so we only ever include two engineers uh, in, in this session. And, um, you know, the whiteboarding is, it's a little bit of a different, a different take than I've really ever seen um, in my experience or seen or heard of elsewhere. And we really encourage uh, candidates to use whatever resources they need to, to resolve and, and work through when you're in a work environment, you know, you're going to have resources, you're going to have team members to lean on, you're going to have Google, you're going to have all these other things. So the, 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 the pairing it is, it is technical, but it's also so much more around, um, you know, the, the, the key pieces of like, I mean, the, the, the cultural interview is the, um, you know, kind of catch all, but it, it really is like the evaluation of, do I want to work with this person on my team? How will they work with me? Right. Mm-hmm. And the, the pairing really kind of does a lot of that. It really assesses a lot of those soft skills. Uh, you know, how do they handle when yeah. they come up to a roadblock? Uh, how do they handle feedback from the interviewers? Like, hey, did you consider this, you know, in your code yeah. or, or, or things like that? So really right? simulating yeah. the real work scenario, because that's what you do yeah. when you collaborate yep. on a real yep. project, right? Yeah. Exactly. It, it's it's really a, 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 a taste for, hey, when, you know, when or if I get this job and join Ibotta, Mm-hmm. This is what the day to day is going to be like, you know, yeah. and the day to day is not going to be testing what you don't know. It's going to be working with other engineers. It's going to be solving problems together. Right. Um, and, you know, that's going to be what really is, um, you know, make somebody successful. Mm-hmm. Right? So, um, yeah, so, I mean, that's the and, and, and the nice thing, too, is about the pairing is that we actually have it structured um, so that it's always the same across all levels. However, we are looking for different things at each level, right? right? Like, you know, if somebody is an associate engineer, they're going to need this much prompting and, and things like that. Whereas somebody coming in at a staff, principal, uh, distinguished level, they're going to be able to, A, like whip up a solution pretty quick, but they're going to be taking into consideration, uh, you know, resource management, uh, architecture, a lot of those kind of higher level concepts, right? right. Rather right. than just, uh, you know, hey, I'm just going to get, I'm just going to knock this script out. Um, and, and so we're able to evaluate candidates the same way and on the same, uh, technical premises, just at like different criteria, if that makes right. sense. Different level of a proficiency and expertise. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, you don't want to yep. also have a one criteria that works for, you know, junior, like entry level versus like very senior staff level. Yeah. But I think mm-hmm. I love that, you know, you have a clear idea about the expectation and the level of a proficiency mm-hmm. that you're evaluating, but at the same time, using the consistent structured email, the interview process so that um, mm-hmm. also the interviewers uh, know how to conduct the mm-hmm. interview much better. Because I think, you know, yeah, what the, the worst thing that can happen is everybody asks different questions, everybody evaluate mm-hmm. the performance of the candidates differently and not really objective winner. And especially I think with mm-hmm. those system design one, you know, online code writing, it's a little bit more 
nuanced, right? So like writing out like how exactly we're gonna evaluate and what is expected of a different level makes a huge difference. So that's, mm -hmm. yeah, like that's a really great. And I wanna actually go back to, you know, you kind of dropped it this naturally, but you are able to finish this in one week if you move fast. Uh, yeah, I, you know, there have been times where I have talked to Canada on Monday and we've had an offer out by Thursday or Friday. I mean, that is, a, we, we do design it so that, mm -hmm. you know, usually the, the structure is that it is over a couple of days um, where it's, you know, the recruiter screen and then the manager and then the pairing session. And then the session following the pairing session, again, is only, I think it is about, I think it's about, yeah, 90 minutes total, uh, you know, just meeting with, uh, you know, some of our engineers, other engineers for a, a, you know, I think what half hour for two different sessions and then just a wrap up with, you know, some of the other, some of the potential managers, right. Or, you know, one or two, and then that's it, you know, there's no more further kind of technical evaluation or, or anything like that. Um, and so we usually try to do the pairing, you know, on, you know, X, Y, and Z day, and then like a day or two later shoot for the rest of the interviews. Mm -hmm. However, if we are in a time crunch and we need to, I mean, it really is only three hours. And so we can do it all back to back if we, if we are in a position to, to, to kind of bring that yeah, forward. That's, that's excellent. I mean, you are creating the structure and, and process to be able to, uh, stay competitive. And that's, uh, yeah, I mean, that's, mm -hmm. uh, that's great. And it's kind of what leads me to, um, you know, talking about actually your background, right? You know, before joining Ibada, you've also worked as recruiting coordinator and also recruiting operations analyst. And mm -hmm. I just want to point out, like, you know, I know this is becoming a big field in recruiting operations, but it wasn't, you know, a few years ago, but you were doing it as a kind of a first generation of a recruiting operation people. Mm -hmm. So tell, tell me about the, yeah, like what, what, what you focused on, what was the main kind of uh, initiatives or things that you wanted to uh, make impact on as a recruiting operation? Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, when I kind of moved into that role, like, like you said, it was very undefined. It was, mm -hmm kind of just like, hey, see what you can do kind of the thing. Um, and so uh, it, it really was, um, you know, I mean, I was working very closely with like our VP of people, uh, you know, and, and kind of doing, uh, you know, work with some executives, uh, you know, cross-functionally as well, uh, just to help them understand uh, just metrics and, and what's yeah. useful around uh, recruiting, right? You know, I mean, there's so much emphasis on time to fill, um, you know, but that's only part of the story, right? There's so many, they're also intertwined, right? I mean, a, a, a big thing as well is not necessarily just time to fill, but also days in process, uh, mm -hmm. you know, for a candidate from start to finish, because, uh, you know, that really is indicative of, you know, how quickly you can move if you're in the position to. Right. Mm -hmm. And then you can get the, the further kind of insights around, well, hey, you know, we have had I'll throw out like an absurd number, nine people that have done the final interview for one opening and we haven't made any offers. What, what are these pain points? What are we evaluating? And, you know, really, it, it kind of set the stage, sets the stage, honestly, for recruiting to be more of a like a, a strategic partner to the business rather than just crank out, you know, 12 salespeople in a week, right? Hey, we just have heads, let's just get them out. 
right? It, it really gives a lot, and, and especially paired with like HR metrics, uh, it, it really helps inform just around the importance of, of what this is. Um, so, I mean, that was that was kind of really the high, like the high level stuff, right? Is helping people understand, uh, you know, yeah, using data and then, you know, identifying points of improvement and really understanding like what's most important in regards to how to develop pipelines and, and things like that. So with that, I mean, so yeah, measuring and understanding how we're doing is the first step. And then you identify, okay, this is the area that we want to work on. I guess uh, it was that kind of a mix of uh, process changes as well as also, did you also kind of work on like tools and like, or automations or, you know, just, or just organizing, educating the everyone how how to actually use a tool like enablement type because i'm referring to kind of a, i think it's interesting to see the rise of sales operations as a profession and then like we see the similar thing and i think as a sales operations team and profession became more and more developed they start having more nuanced specialty right like sales enablement like sales tools and systems or sales analytics and so on. So I'm curious, like, I mean, as a kind of early, <laughs> early member of that team, I'm thinking that you've kind of did all of above. It's, I mean, it, it is really interesting because you, you kind of start to view recruiting as kind of a little bit more holistic, right? Mm. Uh, you know, I mean, I think that it's only going to be a couple of years, I think, where recruiting teams are going to have their own um, you know, kind of like marketing departments essentially associated with them, you know, and so, I mean, some organizations already do if they have the resources, um, but a lot of organizations don't, you know, they don't pour those resources or, or money into uh, recruiting and, and building that community around, you know, their brand. And I think that, yeah, you know, there's going to be people that are focused on kind of analyzing all of those things because, you know, data is literally everything now. So my role, like specifically, I was doing recruiting operations um, and also still, you know, doing full cycle recruiting as well for more entry level jobs. Um, and the big piece was the internship program. You know, that's where I cut that's where like, I really cut my teeth, especially like technical uh, mm -hmm. is hiring interns and things onto our engineering groups. And then, uh, you know, working with like IT support professionals and, and everything, but specifically with interns, uh, you know, I started with just engineering and then built out the entire program for the organization. And a lot of that particular, again, particularly with engineering was, uh, you know, around kind of how long should we give for like a take-home project, right? Yeah. Like, where do we see drop-off? Um, you know, do we give them a week or do we give them a week and a half? How many returns are we getting after this point? Um, you know, uh, you know, is what is that? What does that kind of like balance really look like? Um, so you can really kind of tell those stories to help inform, uh, you know, your hiring managers and your stakeholders around. Uh, you know, this is what I recommend, and this is what I'm seeing. Um, and really build that, yeah, that, that partnership. And they start to really rely on you as uh, an expert in, in your space. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think that's the dream, right? Like being able to have yeah, yeah. that, um, you know, kind of a, almost like the strategic thought partner who can pull data and like kind of suggest different ways of, you know, testing out, like A-B testing, you talk about how you, you know, hire, you know, product managers, like kind of a similar thing. You look at, right, product managers work with the data team to look at things, 
discover areas to improve and then set up a A-B test and, and see how that does. And then that's how you iterate, right? So it's kind of a similar uh, that we're seeing. That's, that's, that's fantastic. Yeah. Um, you know, just to kind of bring it back full circle is, yeah. you know, we were talking about the current process here at Ibotta and I use engineering as an example, and we've seen such success with that, not in just being competitive in higher rates, but even just the quality of candidate, uh, you know, mm -hmm. after they've been here some time, you know, and the quality of employee. And that's been so successful that, yeah, we are. I mean, it was kind of like a little trial. It's kind of like, hey, like, you know, we think this will work. Let's see kind of how it goes. Um, and now we are adapting that across the rest of the, the technology organization as a result uh, because of the data that we've been able to collect from, from using that process. That's really good because I think sometimes there is the pressure. You are at a hyper growth company and you just need to bring people. So it's nice to be able to like, wait, 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 like all these activities is good, but are we really focusing our efforts on the most important area to really bring that result is um, I think, yeah, really just the dream for any, you know, talent acquisition <laughs> leaders, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly, exactly. Yeah. How about, I mean, I, I love to also kind of uh, ask everyone, like, what are, what's your tech reading, like recruiting tech stack, it, whether you mm -hmm. use it at your company or something you've used before or seen, like, what are some of the mm -hmm. interesting things that, um, that you've, you've seen or tried? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, starting with ATS, like many yeah. organizations of our size in the tech world, um, you know, we are using Greenhouse. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, I think that that's quickly become a pretty big standard for, you know, small, medium enterprises, right? And I mean, LinkedIn recruiter, as with any, mm -hmm. any recruiter. Uh, and something that I've been impressed with, actually, that we recently just deployed is a hire tool for sourcing and, and um, you know, getting, it, it really brings in so much more than you're able to get out of just like LinkedIn or uh, like GitHub or whatever it brings it into a, a consolidated space. Um, and then, uh, you know, even as well. Hire is hire? Hire tool. It's H-I-R-E-T-U-A-L. Hmm. Um, and it, it operates similarly to LinkedIn recruiter to a point, but it brings in so much more because it'll combine sources from like Stack Overflow, uh, LinkedIn, mm -hmm. uh, you know, GitHub, I'm sure, and probably like AngelList as well. I think there's probably a couple others into like one location. And then something that, that you know, we've been putting uh, a lot of emphasis on and a, a metric that we've been paying a lot of attention to is, um, you know, EEOC and diversity data at the very mm -hmm. last stage of our process, right? Mm -hmm. Is, okay, how many finalists, you know, are, are underrepresented? And um, again, with, with Hire Tool, they have a very robust diversity sourcing capability to really help kind of, yeah, bolster that pipeline and, you know, kind of bring new and, and exciting ideas and people into the, into the process. So um, those are kind of the big ones that we've, uh, that we're using right now. I have used Gem previously, um, which is great, you know, as a kind of a, a scheduling, you know, communication tool, uh, you know, or like, what, like CRM is like the marketing term, but mm. I, I can't think of the, the recruiting one. Yeah, I, you know, I think that, I mean, that's kind of really, it yeah you know i mean like obviously you know slack and zoom and all of those things that are like you know standard now but yeah well thank you for sharing that and i have another question i ask every everybody which is also like who are the talent acquisition leaders that you respect yeah 
whether it's someone you work with or just someone that you've been kind of following as a more of a, you know, interesting, like, thought leader in the space. Yeah. So in other words, who should I go out and ask next as to be our guest yeah. on the podcast? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, you know, my my boss, uh, Kayla mm-hmm. Trimble at Ibotta is phenomenal. I mean, she really knows her stuff and um, you know, has, I mean, she was the first recruiter here and, and has essentially scaled us from nothing until, into what we are now and wow. has been extremely successful, uh, you know, doing so. Yeah. And I've really learned, uh, a lot from her. Um, and then, and I guess even kind of from a, a higher level perspective, um, you know, I mean, I, I, I think again, this is people, this is somebody who people are aware of, but like Lou Adler and like behavioral hiring and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, is somebody that, you know, that's kind of what I was coached on again, kind of transitioning out of like recruiting coordinator is, you know, around kind of these, yeah, transferable skills, behavioral skills that, that are important to, to, to successful employees. Yeah. I would say that those are kind of the, the two people that kind of really stick out. Um, yeah, that's, I mean, and also it's always kind of, a, um, amazing to hear about how different people can have an impact on you in terms of shaping like what what this profession can be and what the what the limit is really it's a limitless <laughs> you're kind of showing that that's possible so thank you and yeah thank you so much for coming on the show and you know and sharing your experience and insights thank you for having me yeah this has been uh this has been great this has been a lot of fun and yeah thanks for thanks for the invite and thanks for the time Yeah, thank you. And thanks everyone for listening to this episode. For more tips and insights on data-driven recruiting, please visit ddr.codesignal.com. See you next time.